Well, hello and welcome to the CSF monthly podcast for me. Now, this month, four papers concerning jack inhibitors have been uploaded to the CSF website. And today I'm going to be highlighting two of these which share a common theme in terms of examination of short term clinical outcomes and long term results. Now, the first paper is an evaluation of disease activity in patients with rheumatoid arthritis treated with tofacitinib using the RAPID-3. Now, this is a post hoc analysis from two phase three trials. And the lead author here was Professor Vibeke Strand, who is from the Stanford University School of Medicine in California. Now, I think everyone's aware that ACR and ULAR recommend treat to target strategies for people with rheumatoid arthritis. The ACR, for example, endorses a number of disease activity measures that might be useful. For example, RAPID-3, SDI, CDI, DAS28 or PAS, PAS2. Now, RAPID3 is the Routine Assessment of Patient Index Data 3. It's a patient-reported evaluation of disease activity based on pooled PRO data, which might include the patient global assessment, patient assessment of arthritic pain and, and hack disability index scores, for example. Now, in this post-hoc analysis, the authors evaluated disease activity at two years based on rapid three responses at six months in people with rheumatoid arthritis who were receiving tofacitinib. And the data were analysed from two phase three trials, the oral START and oral SCAN studies. Quick reminder, oral START was a two year tofacitinib monotherapy study in methotrexate naive patients. And oral SCAN was a two year tofacitinib combination study with methotrexate in patients with a previous inadequate response to methotrexate. Now, the endpoints here, well, the RAPID3 scores were calculated at baseline month six and month 24. The pooled patient reported outcome data were given as a score out of 30, and the scores were defined as remission, low disease activity, moderate disease activity, or, or high disease activity. Now, at month 24, CDI and HACDI scores were assessed, and patients were stratified by their previous RAPID3 scores. Now, a quick recollection, the HACK Disability Index score of less than 0.5 is indicative of normative um, physical function. Most patients maintained or improved the RAPID3 response at six months to two years. No major surprise, that was the key result. Now, those patients given tofacitinib had higher rates of RAPID3 remission and lower disease activity at six months than patients given methotrexate. And even within the tofacitinib groups, there were higher rates of response in the 10 milligrams versus 5 milligrams BID groups. At two years, for patients given tofacitinib, more than half of the patients were in RAPID3 and CDI remission. And patients in RAPID3 remission were more likely than patients with moderate or high disease activity to achieve normative HACDI scores or both normative HACDI scores and no radiographic progression. Now, the key implications from this are that patients given tofacitinib 5 or 10 milligrams BID who achieved remission and low disease activity at six months had improved long-term outcomes at two years compared with those patients with moderate or high disease activity. And the study supports the concept that early treatment responses are influential in terms of how people will do in the longer term. That's partly intuitive, but clinically it is useful in terms of making early decisions about what to do with a therapy, potentially to continue or to think of a change. They also uh, support the use of RAPID3 as a tool that could be used to monitor disease activity and long-term patient outcomes. 
Now, let's turn to the second paper. Uh, and this is a, a study that analyzes the relationship between the effect of tofacitinib in early changes in disease activity and long-term disease activity outcomes. And the lead author this time is Ronald van Vollenhoven, who is the leader of the Amsterdam Rheumatology and Immunology Center in the Netherlands. And the background to this study, not dissimilar to that previously noted, uh, the lots of evidence suggests that early responses to rheumatoid treatment are indicators of long-term responses that will be achieved eventually by patients. Um, this particular paper reports a post-hoc analysis that examined two randomized phase three trials uh, that were both testing the utility of tofacitinib in people with rheumatoid arthritis. And the aims of the particular paper were to understand the relationship between timing and the magnitude of early changes in disease activity, and also to understand the probability of achieving low disease activity or remission at six months or one year. Now, the two papers analysed were oral START, recalling that's a two-year study in methotrexate naive patients, as previously described for the Strand paper and oral standard, which is a one-year study in people with rheumatoid arthritis who had inadequate prior responses to methotrexate. Now, this particular analysis reports in several endpoints, um, CDI and DAS28 ESR low disease activity and remission scores. Those were assessed at baseline months one, three, six, nine, and 12. Other endpoints were uh, seeking to identify how much patient disease activity improved. Uh, a variety of thresholds were employed for this CDI and ES DAS28 ESR thresholds. The proportion of patients who failed to achieve these thresholds were measured. Now, the data analysis, including calculating the probability of achieving low disease activity and remission at six months and one year. And this was calculated using negative and positive predictive values to define the relationship between short and long-term outcomes. So what are the key results? Well, in both oral standard and oral start, patients receiving tofacitinib were significantly more likely to achieve CDI and DAS20 ESR low disease activity at six months compared to methotrexate or placebo-treated patients. Now, in oral start, patients who failed to achieve CDI improvements of more than or equal to six by three months were significantly less likely to achieve CDI low disease activity at six or 12 months. And in oral standard, again, those patients who failed to achieve CDI improvements of more than or equal to six by three months, less than 10% achieved CDI low disease activity at six and 12 months. For patients receiving tofacitinib, the authors found that achievement improvement thresholds at month one were less predictive of long-term outcomes compared to month three scores. And for all treatment groups, failure to achieve improvement thresholds at months one and three were associated with low probability of achieving remission at six and 12 months. Well, the key implications here are probably rather important. Early treatment responses are predictive of long-term outcomes. Month three responses were more predictive than those noted by month one. And the patients therefore who do not show an early response when given tofacitinib really should be considered for an alternative treatment strategy decision. Now, two other papers have been uploaded to the CSF. Uh, one is an analysis exploring whether thromboembolic adverse events are a class-wide effect for JAK inhibitors. This is based on FTA data and a pharmacokinetic analysis of extended release upadacitinib. And these papers were authored by professors Abril Verdin and Mohamed Eslam Mohamed, respectively.
So bringing all of this together, please don't forget that all of the content discussed in this podcast is available in more detailed slide format in the publications section at sidekindsignaling.com, along with lots of other, I hope, really useful information to assist you in your practice. Now, please subscribe to the podcast channel and let us know what you think. Well, thanks very much indeed for listening to this. I hope it's been helpful to you. I hope you found the science interesting and that it will be useful to you in making clinical decisions in the management of our patients. Thanks very much indeed.